I'm Dr. Jill Weiner. I'm a white woman, a doctor, a meditation teacher, a tapping practitioner, a writer, and I'm an aspiring anti-racist, an identity which I must constantly strive towards, work on, and reevaluate. This podcast amplifies the powerful voices of women and men in all aspects of the anti-racist space, along with some of my own insights and explorations on topic ranging from healthcare to spirituality to criminal justice and beyond. In order to provide a nuanced, educational, and honest examination of systemic racism and dominant culture. Hey there. So I am really excited to talk a little bit today about toxic positivity, which is something that is rampant in the spiritual and wellness community, particularly in the West. Uh, definitely in the meditation community that I have been a part of since 2011. And I've been a teacher in that tradition since 2016. And I have for sure been a perpetrator of toxic positivity, um, especially in the early days of my meditation teaching career. So (laughs) apologies to all of the people who I counseled uh, prior to learning and and knowing better. Um, I I always like to um, own up to areas where I have uh, had to learn and and grow. So toxic positivity is basically the forcing of positivity and not allowing people to feel the full range of negative emotions. Insinuating in a way that if you have negative emotions that you're not spiritual enough or not uh, your consciousness isn't expanded enough or you're not uh, evolved enough. And that if you only do, you know, X, Y, or Z spiritual practice, then you will no longer have negative emotions. And, and and toxic positivity is a type of spiritual bypassing. If you've heard of that term before, some examples of toxic positivity that you might see are when people respond, you know, love and light to something that's uncomfortable or, or, you know, considered to be a negative emotion or, or a discomfort, a discomfort they might be feeling. Um, sending love and light is not the answer to the world's problems. Um, another example is making everything have a lesson, um, or a, a moral of the story or a look on the bright side, or, a at least you don't have fill in the blank. Um, or like everything's happen, everything happens for a reason. Or in my in my meditation community, it was everything happens for all reasons, not just one reason, but all reasons. And while I do believe that to some extent, and I do believe that with enough distance and processing and sitting with, there are often deeper meanings to things that happen, particularly stressful things or um, or pr- even traumatic things. Um, going there right away before someone has a chance to process, heal from, feel, actually feel that discomfort, that is an example of toxic positivity. Um, and an, another example would be brushing off a negative emotion or or swallowing it back. So I remember there was a, a time after my meditation teacher training where I would have some negative emotion come up and I would almost like talk myself out of it. I'd almost give myself like a, a, a lecture in Vedic knowledge from, from some of the stuff I had learned on my teacher training to sort of convince myself or, or remind myself that 
this negative thing I'm feeling, it's not really so bad. There's a, there's a different way to look at it that doesn't, that, that, that means it's not negative. And I could literally feel myself like swallowing up these negative emotions. And it, it started to really almost start to kill me from the inside out because I wasn't letting myself feel feelings. And, you know, as a meditation teacher, I went through a period, particularly when I was starting to separate from my meditation community, I was really, really struggling, struggling. And I didn't know, I didn't think I was allowed to struggle because I'm sort of, was sort of brainwashed as a teacher in this community that I was supposed to, as a teacher, like sort of have evolved and it, it, it sounds ridiculous even saying it out loud, but I was like sort of expected to, once you've meditated enough and completed teacher training, which is this really rigorous three months in India, that I've sort of like meditated out all my stresses. And then I'm like not supposed to be like, everything's supposed to just be bliss. And I'm supposed to be happy all the time and even keeled. And if I feel a negative emotion, it just kind of rolls right through me. So it's like, I felt trapped. Like I was having these negative emotions, but somehow I felt this shame or blame that I hadn't, wasn't supposed to have them. And then of course, what did that do? It, it, it kept me from asking for help because I felt like if I admitted that I was having a difficult time, that I was somehow a fraud. And I think it's the very opposite of that. So why is it important anyway, that we want to deal with our negative emotions? Um, and I think it really must start with the, the realization that we are all human and all humans are capable of having all emotions. All humans are. And every single emotion, we all have them. And if we pretend that we don't have certain emotions, so like what will happen is let's say you are taught by your parents or someone that being greedy is bad or being rich is bad or being jealous is bad. We get taught that at a young age. And so we sort of are like, no matter what happens, I can't show anyone that I'm, I can't act greedy, but we have greedy impulses. Still, we have jealous impulses. Still, God forbid we have a, a bias or, or like a racist thought in our mind, but we're taught, okay, you can't have biases. You can't be racist. So like, just pretend you don't have any of those feelings that have been kind of indoctrinated in you. And so what happens is we start to shove those negative feelings away. They don't actually go anywhere because they're part of all of us. They become what's called our shadow. And I won't go into the shadow here too much, but the shadow is basically elements of ourselves that we don't want to see or that we've hidden away from ourselves so successfully that we, we might not even know that we have it, but it impacts our behavior. It, it causes all sorts of negative behavior because it, those negative emotions that you're having, that you're hiding away, they manifest in other ways. And you're like, what? I'm not greedy. I'm not this, but you're totally behaving in a greedy way and you're not even aware of it. So we are all human beings. We all have the capacity to have all the full range of human emotions. And to deny that is to, de to deny our essential humanity. We have to sit with our negative emotions in order to process them and move through them. We don't want to move around them. We want to move through them. So it is important to, to avoid toxic positivity because if we, if we practice toxic positivity or, or think in that way, we're not going to heal and heal from and learn and integrate what we're supposed to 
heal from and learn and integrate as we go through our lives. So why is toxic positivity harmful? You may have already started to see it. So, see it. so shame and blame for, pe for people not being positive all the time, for not always having positive, blissful emotions. So the, for the example I already shared of myself when I was going through a really hard time, um, I felt so scared. I felt, I felt physically stuck and, and mentally stuck because I wasn't able to be my full self. It was shameful to me that I wasn't happy at all times or that I wasn't able to just kind of go with the flow. And, and they talk a lot about bliss in my, in my meditation community or my former meditation community. And there's this notion that if I am not feeling that way, then there is something wrong with me. And as a meditation teacher, it got even scarier because I was like, all right, well, if I'm supposed to be feeling this from this meditation and I'm not feeling it, then am I teaching a bunch of crap? I eventually came around to, no, I'm not teaching a bunch of crap. I'm just teaching it in the wrong way in terms of the expectations of what a meditation practice can bring to you. So another harmful thing about toxic positivity is that it denies the lived experience of people who are living in this world, not having positive, wonderful, blissful experiences all the time. People who are um, oppressed based on any of their identities, people who have been abused, people who have had some trauma in their life, people who've just had a crappy day. Maybe you lost your job or you got yelled at by your boss or something happened that has nothing to do with your identity. It's just a thing that happened, or maybe you got in a car accident. So it's denying a lived experience of always having to be positive about everything that happens before we're ready. And in addition to toxic in addition to the harm it causes other people and ourselves, it also kind of, you lose your full expression of humanity. So if you're going through the world all the time, I'm just positive. Like, it's almost like you're a little bit of a, like, a, um, like you, you've been brainwashed a little bit and your eyes are swirling around. Like, like you've been, um, like you're a zombie and you're just like, I'm only, I only feel positive things, but you're missing out. If you're not richly feeling your negative emotions, you're not going to feel the positive ones as richly either. And it, it really causes it, it causes us to miss a chance to truly connect and heal. So if we're able to actually like connect into our own negative emotions, we can heal from them, but also connecting to other people. So if I am toxic positivity, if I'm saying that we are all one thing and that everybody is the same, on some level, maybe that's true. Like on a high, like broad scale, we're all made of the same energy particles and we're all human beings made of the same molecules, but on a lived experience level, we're not all the same. That's not the way people are, are treated in this world, that they're all the same. And so by going through the world, think saying, oh yeah, we're all one thing, you know, light and love. We're not actually connecting with the people that we think we're all one thing with. We're, we're kind of putting a wall up between us and them because we're not allowing their lived experience to be something that they're able to talk about or share, or that we're able to connect with. So we miss out on actual true connection because we're not able to, um, allow the, the full range of human emotion and experience. And it also causes trauma if we're if we're toxic positivity. So many people in the meditations community that I'm in or used to be in, they leave because they come to these events and they're basically told if you're not feeling better, if you're not um, 
you know, if you've got problems still, you're something wrong with you. You aren't, you aren't meditating well enough, or you're not, you haven't meditated long enough or often enough or anything like that. And, and it can cause a lot of trauma in that way. And, and in other ways too, um, related to denying people's lived experience, but also when you have people coming into a community, a spiritual community, and they're looking for guidance and they're looking for a sense of community and belonging, and they're putting their trust in these spiritual leaders, and then these leaders are basically, first off, misleading them to saying that these spiritual practices are going to fix everything. And second of all, because it's impossible for any one thing to make everyone's problems go away. And it's possible to make everyone's problems go away anyway. And I'm not even really trying to do that. It's making people get their most spiritually vulnerable. It's, it's like a harm that is being caused to them. So some caveats of this, first off, allowing all of your emotions doesn't mean there's no space for affirmations. It doesn't mean there's no space in this world for thinking positive thoughts. Um, positive, po positive thoughts can be very helpful. They're just not everything. So I think manifesting is very interesting. I think that, um, although there's some caveats with privilege and manifesting, but I think, you know, affirmations and, and wanting to um, kind of, you might hear like raise your vibration. I think there's a power in that as a tool, not the only way. Also, it doesn't mean that we want to spend all of our energy dwelling in negative events that happened or negative emotions. So like we're sad about something, we're angry about something. Yeah, be angry and sad and feel it as long as you need to feel it. But but we don't need to like recycle it and recirculate it and, and spend all day thinking about how angry we are at someone for, you know, um, uh, not bringing, not, not, uh, bringing the right food to our table, you know, for, for, especially for smaller things, like we can let some of that go, feel it, acknowledge it, and then move through it. Also doesn't mean that we want to be like perpetuating negativity on purpose. So wanting to avoid gossip, I still think that's perfectly reasonable. It's, it's like creating more negativity just to create negativity. I think so just because we're we're allowing our negative emotions to come up doesn't mean we need to really like bathe in them intentionally in ways that can harm other people. Now, but we also don't want to pretend like, oh, I never think bad about other people because we all do. Like that's just part of what we do. We judge people and we have bias and everything. So while we don't engage, maybe want to engage in active gossiping, we're not going to go around the world being like, I never have thoughts like that because that is toxic positivity. And then the final caveat is I would say, if someone is toxic and you don't like being around them because they're always bringing you down and they're just living in negativity, that's okay. You don't have to hang out with them. You can love them from afar if there's someone in your life who are, is always going to be in your life, or you can choose to not engage with them at all if they are someone who is constantly bringing harmful negativity into the world. Now, again, here, caveat on the caveat. It's not like, oh, I don't want to hang out with that um, person who, let's say there's someone who 
um, is a different race than you, or, uh, you know, maybe they're someone who is in a wheelchair and they're like an activist about dis people with disabilities. I don't really want to be around them because they're always talking about their physical disability and advocating for that. And it's just so negative. No, that's not the kind of thing that we're talking about. Like they're saying that someone's toxic because they're, they're, um, they're activists and they're rightfully upset about things that are happening in the world. But some friendships are just toxic and we've all had them before. It's okay to not want to have that friendship anymore. So how do we deal with toxic positivity? So recognizing it when it comes up, recognizing how it makes us feel and really giving ourselves the space and the tools to lean into our discomfort. And that is going to get us through almost anything in the whole world. It's going to allow stressful things to become learning experiences because we're actually going to let ourselves feel the feelings and then resource ourselves with tools to deal with it. And things like the tools that we might use, self-compassion, mindfulness, where you allow yourself to sit in, a, in, in an emotion and just kind of feel how you feel it in your body, really connecting in with how your body is experiencing these negative emotions. Tapping, of course, is one thing that I love because you're, as you're experiencing and really like getting your headspace into this negative emotion, you're tapping and it's actually kind of changing the way your body is processing that negative emotion by moving through it, not by moving around it. So you're letting yourself feel it. You're letting yourself repeat it over and over again. And you're having you're, you're allowing that negative emotion or that negative experience to be exactly what it is without trying to change it. Pay attention to where you are going for your stress reduction modalities. Pay attention to what your yoga teacher is saying, or your meditation teacher is saying, or your, um, you know, group leader of, of any, of, of any, you know, if you're going on a retreat, Listen to what they're saying. Um, are they allowing space for people to be who they are and for the full range of human emotion? Are they insinuating that their practice that they teach is the only way and 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 by doing enough of that, then we're all going to be uh, perfect and healed and and evolved. that's a that's a huge red flag and and I'd run away from that. So really, paying attention to your, and, and if you haven't heard of this concept before, you're going to start to see it everywhere. Looking at who you might follow on Instagram or, 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 um, you know, documentaries or whatever that you might watch, what are we taking in? And if we're being taught that we're not allowed to have the full range of human emotions and that, that having struggles and difficulties or depression or anxiety is wrong. And if only we just eat a certain way, or only we take a certain supplement or we, we, um, give up sugar or we do this or that or the other, and then we'll be happy. That is setting up false expectations and that is causing harm. And bringing this again into, into social justice, I had a, there was a group in my meditation community, um, a group of us got together and hired some facilitators to do anti-racism work within the meditation community. And I had myself and a few other folks had really been doing like a deep dive into this cultural appropriation and spiritual bypassing and toxic positivity and really, really like rooting it out of ourselves 
for months and months and months, we've been really, really working on it. And it was still, it's still a work in progress. It, it, it always will be. And some of the people in our group, as we're talking about racism and we're talking about some of the negative aspects of spirituality, they were like, mm, these conversations are getting too negative for us. We don't really like them. We're going to back out. And they stopped coming to the meetings because they were feeling like we're in the business of bliss. We are not in the business of, of, um, you know, talking about difficult conversations and doing actual work. You know, we, we can just say we're all one thing. I don't need to be doing this work, but, but by saying that and avoiding the work, then you're really, really missing out on the beauty of connection and humanity in yourself and in other people. So I hope you found this helpful. If you have questions about um, tapping, you can always check out my website, jillweiner.com tapping. If you want to learn more about uh, self-compassion, you can check out any of Kristen Neff's work. Um, uh, Fear Self-Compassion is a book of hers that's really great. Books on mindfulness in, as a way to experience negative emotions and allow them to be what they are also going to be really helpful. I'd love to hear if you have any questions and I hope you have a uh, whatever emotion you're having kind of day. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Conscious Anti-Racism. Please be sure to follow or like us wherever you find your podcasts and also consider leaving a rating or review. You can follow Conscious Anti-Racism on Instagram and Twitter at Jill Wiener, MD, J-I-L-L-W-E-N-E-R-M-D. And please check out our Conscious Anti-Racism book on Amazon.